What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown Podcast. We're back, we're back, we're back. I'm your host, Eric B. And I'm Beans. And Beans. And, um, hey, Beans, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm in it. (laughs) In this place. Okay. I love it. So, okay, today's episode, y'all, what we're going to talk about today is in the spirit of it being Black History Month, kind of the close out of Black History Month. And also here in California, here in Oakland, we're having what's called the Black Joy Parade um, on Sunday. Black Joy. Black Joy. Joy. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. We love it. Um, This is the fifth annual. I think it's the fifth annual. So it hasn't been around too long, but we're, we're moving forward and it's getting been growing bigger every year, right? So we have a parade, we have a festival out here um, that celebrates black joy and black excellence. Um, um, our, our headliners this Sunday, um, is it is it Confunction? It's um, uh, Funkadelic. Funkadelic, yeah. Funkadelic and Parliament Funkadelic are going to be our uh, headliners. So and I'm sad because I want to see him. I'm about to do it. Oh, you know, we're going to I'm going to be friends. I'm going to try to switch shifts, though, because I really, really want to see them because I love me a little. Uh, yeah, you got to come. <laughs> and I just love the Black Door Parade. I love it. I love seeing the vendors. I really, really like the parade. So. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can get off, but I know. Uh, well, I'll be there celebrating. I mean. Yeah, take care of me. <laughs> Capitalism wins again. Capitalism wins. Got to work. Okay. They said no black, no black dwarf. No black So if you guys have time, if you're in the Bay Area, you know, open, come on down and um. Yeah, it's an amazing vibe. I can pay for this. Wait a minute. I know. It's, too, it's giving too much promo. Come, you come, don't you don't. Anybody's going on. Anyway, it's giving way too much promo. It's giving way too much promo. Let me stop. Okay, so. Yeah, so today I want to talk about, let's talk about something positive, because I feel like we're weighed down a lot by the news and the news stories yeah. of what's going on. You know, we're about to get bombed by North Korea. It's too much. <laughs> we got balloons flying over us every week. I don't know what is going on, okay? Balloons! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening, okay? Um, so we <laughs> want to be a little bit joyful this episode, and we're going to talk about that black girl magic yes. and that black boy joy, yes. okay? And all that it entails. So if you are easily emasculated oh. um, by the concept of a black man experiencing joy, um, click off. Oh. <laughs> and that's all I have for you. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah. Hard headlines. <laughs> so, yeah. Just let you know now. Mm. It's going to be a lot of black boy joy. It's going to be a lot of black girl magic. It might be a little gay shit in it, too. Oh, it's definitely so if that's some... not for you, <laughs> click off. You're definitely. in the wrong pod. Oh, shit. Definitely gonna be some gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> the agenda. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, let's get into our icebreaker question. I want to know. Okay. What brings you black girl magic, or what is your epitome as a black woman, as a strong, confident, oh. beautiful, educated oh black my. woman girl? Gives me. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what your black girl magic is. You better tell me now. Um, so how do I define black girl magic or what do I consider? What do you, yeah, what is your black girl magic? Oh, okay. So I think my black girl magic is the ability of, I think I have the spirit of transformation. Mm. I think that, okay, so y'all, I'm just going to, y'all probably going to laugh at me. Oh, here we go. I'm the main character in my life. I feel like I'm the main character in the film. Um, and so I, I yes. my life that way. I really do. So if you, if Not you know the main me, character. I am. So if you know me. Yeah, so I feel like I'm the main character in my life. So I always try to like do too much. So I go through these like eras in my life. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in my golf era. I'm in my like video girl baddie mm-hmm. era. I'm, okay. I'm in my like grunge era. I'm in my baggy era. So I really approach that to like how I dress and like how I do my hair and my makeup okay. and like my nails and stuff. 
So I think that that's my black girl magic. Like, I feel like I have the spirit of transformation. I feel like I change my look a lot. Like, if you know me, you know I will go. Like, before I locked my hair, I used to change my hair every week. I used to change my Child, hair yes. color every month. Yes. <laughs> and I, I used to live with beans. So let me tell you, it was a he thing. never knew what was coming because, out Because, right, she go, in, she go in the room one day with, like, short, bald head. She come out the next day with long, blonde locks. I said, what is going on? Who is this? <laughs> he never knew. He never knew. I keep guessing. So I definitely feel like that's part of my black girl magic, right? The spirit of transformation. I think that's the beauty of blackness and black hair. Mm -hmm. We don't look a certain way. And so our hair, I think, is really cool and unique. Like we can wear our hair in so many different ways and so many mm -hmm. different styles and textures. Um, so I think that's part of my black girl magic. And I think another part of my black girl magic is the ability to uplift people i hear this a lot now this is something that i had to kind of learn to take in mm -hmm. i didn't see it but i have been hearing it my entire life people think i'm hella funny i don't know why i'll be serious about <laughs> people be thinking i'm people think i'm really funny and they always tell me like they enjoy my company mm -hmm. and so because i know that i try to be intentional about like spending time like dedicating time to be with my family and my friends and even at work like especially at work, I find it hilarious because I feel like I'm very just cordial at work. Mm -hmm. And then people will say like, oh my God, we love when you're like, we love when you're in the meeting. We love like, like being with you when you come to meetings, when you come to stuff, because you're so funny and you're so personable. And all the time I'm like, girl, am I? Because I was being <laughs> <laughs> Actually, girl, I was serious, but okay. But that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to know that I bring like a, a sense of levity and kind of like fun. So I try to bring that like, aspect to my personality i think even when i feel kind of down i just have a naturally bubbly disposition you do yeah. so oh see here it is here it i is. am i be thinking like oh i'm being a bitch today and they're like ah, ha, ha, you're so funny like oh, okay um but i think that's part of my magic right that's part yeah. of my black girl magic so yeah that that is how i would define my black girl magic i try to sprinkle a little little glitter and fairy dust on everyone everywhere not I the go. glitter and the fairy dust honey okay i say I'm... that because um i moved in to eric bachelor pad um and that room was an explosion Child, the of, pink <laughs> it was pink everywhere it was an explosion of pink i like glitter. literally walked i had to walk by her room to get to my room and i walked by and you know how something just catch your eye and i was like, like blinded i said girl not fuchsia pink it all over the place like soft pink. It was no like it was fuchsia. hard baby doll, like barbie hot, <laughs> spicy pink it was like pink of every you child he was getting a, a soft pink light pink baby pink it was hot pink glitter pink, i said girl you gotta close pink. this door i can't sleep yeah, it was like an explosion <laughs> he was getting pink he was getting glitter he was giving roses <laughs> um it was giving it was giving main character energy it was giving regina george um and yeah that's that black girl. That's magic. that black girl. I, I love it. The spirit of transformation. I <laughs> yeah. love that shit. That and that like is that so thing. true. And I feel like that's I feel like it's commonplace for a lot of black women. I think that's a black girl yeah, thing. Yeah. You never know what black women, right? Even when we have locks, right? Like there's so many ways and so many types of locks and so many mm -hmm. styles. I think that is the spirit of black girl magic, period. Like we can all we come in so many different shapes and, and you can switch up your look so much. That's why I hate when like I see black women like, oh, I don't think I look good with this. I don't think I look good with that. Girl, sit in my chair. Let me do something to that head, honey, because I'm going to have <laughs> a whole new woman when you get up on my chair. Like, there's definitely this spirit of transformation, I think, in all black women. I think we just got to embrace it. I love that. I love that spirit of transformation. Yes, mm. Um, So, for my black boy, Joy. Yes. What gives you black boy joy? What gives me the black boy joy? I think... Um, <clears throat> My ability to persevere and i say that because i feel like there's a lot of things that i've overcome a lot of things that i've been through and at the end of the day i've come out on the other side a better person a stronger man a stronger individual and i'm proud of myself for being able to accomplish that um and i think because a lot of people don't and there's been a lot of people that haven't been able to make it you know yeah through certain situations unfortunately and, and, that, I, and that is an amazing feat that's something to have in any yeah, yeah. It, it and it's it's hard Sean. i know it's hard out there for a lot of us but being able to see that <clears throat> see what's on the other side right um i definitely feel like i have the ability to be compassionate and to be um uh, to sense 
other people's kind of feelings and emotions and kind of feed off that a little bit um, and be aware. Um, I think when I'm, cause I'm, I'm a very introverted person, but when I walk into a room, people think I'm just being like antisocial or quiet, but what I'm really do is like, what I'm really doing is like scanning, monitoring, looking at the room, seeing what's going on. I'm very perceptive and I notice things and I grow from that also. Um, being able to acknowledge my own existence and acknowledge what's going on in the world, um, which I think is important, right? Um, and let's and I have confidence in myself. Um, <laughs> I love myself in right. all my shapes, sizes, and facets. Period. I think we talked about this before because let me tell you, the face never fails, <laughs> no matter what size I face am. Face card never decides. The face card. My God. <laughs> ever. And don't you ever forgive me. I'm just. I just want to let people know I'm not one of those people that walks around and is like, oh, I don't you know, if only I, I can. Only I can. No, that's no. Not, that's that's not me, honey. I, I don't. Honey, believe because it. let's talk about the face, okay? Because. Ever since um, Eric has been in my life, um, I, I'm concerned. I've had to question um, several women in my family on multiple occasions and remind them that that is a married man. Um, married so, to a man. Okay. Married, married to a man. Um, nobody cares. So, yeah, <laughs> the face card is not declined. Okay? People are like, oh, that's your brother? Oh, 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 oh. I'd be like, honey, no. Okay? You cannot do those things. <laughs> and, and they don't care. And that that's just what it is. And it is but, what it is. I mean, and I think you have to have that kind of joy. Right? I mean, you have to have yeah. that kind of in in inner inner confidence, yeah, right? Sure. It's important because I it's something I had to work on. I didn't always have that, but mm-hmm. it's something I definitely built up. And I, you know, absolutely built up my education and just feeling like I'm succeeding. You know, I'm thriving. All of my friends are thriving. And so, yeah, just feeling like I'm thriving right now and really sinking into my own. I think for black, especially for men in general, but for black men, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of start getting into our maturity and growth. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm hitting, I'm in my 40s now, yes. you know, feeling seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> yes seasoned and ready for the world you know what i'm saying and so just having that confidence and having that joy as a black man and as a black queer man on top of that and being able to accept that and say fuck what everybody else says i'm in my facet of me Mm. love it live it be it Mm. joy I love it. No, but you know what? Like, not even another picture. I really can. I can see it in you. Like, of course, I've, we've been friends for like years at this. Point. Ten years. This is our ten year anniversary. Oh my god, we have to do something to celebrate. Yeah, I told oh Karen god. that too. We met in 2013, honey. Oh my god, why did we meet 2014? No, 2013. I oh, started okay, we have to do something to celebrate. <laughs> um, this is crazy. Like, sorry, we have to do something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see it for sure. Like, I think you guys are a pretty confident person. But I have definitely seen you for sure grow into you, like into you. Mm. And like, I'm loving this view. Like, I feel like last year we talked about that. Last year was the year of you. It was. For sure. You had some great, amazing, like, it was just so much that happened in an amazing ways for you last year. Mm-hmm. I was just so excited. Like, oh my God, I'm so excited. It was too much. But now I think this year you're kind of like settling into all these new changes mm-hmm. and all these new, like, you know, developments in your life. And I see it in you, like you, you're thriving. And so I think it's really exciting. So I think this is like really timely for your black boy joy. And Thank I love you. it. I feel like, I feel like that, that, what does that give for that mean when that woman is like, all I gotta do is lose 50 pounds, shave my legs, clean my eyes, and it's gonna be over for you, <laughs> bitches. I am. I feel like you're at that point where you're like, well, bitches, over. Oh no, no, it's not there because baby, when I, when this weight comes off, honey, don't, you better be ready for what's yeah, underneath. Yeah, you know what you just tell me. <laughs> I took a photo and he I said, showed you my high school picture. A bitch a was a, a winner. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I said, he would have got me. He definitely would have got me. He would have got me. I can't change him. <laughs> he never Honey, let me tell you something. I lost, I lost what, 12 pounds, child? This stomach fake ass slimmed out. I ain't been in a shirt, a full shirt. Oh, girl. <laughs> I can't find her. It is like 10 I'm degrees a, outside. She's a big drift. I'm in a big drift with a 
project. <laughs> Get into it, bitch. Okay. Love handles still popping and they ain't, ain't as much as they were before, bitch. Get into it. Honey, I was in a pair of low rise jeans the other day. I said, too soon. <laughs> I said, come back. Check back with these in, in a couple months. Too soon for low rise jeans. But I'm coming for them. Okay, uh, and that's just because that's that main character energy. That main character, I think that's what it is. You gotta have that main character. You do. You have you to do. walk. Like I had to grow into that. I had to definitely grow into that. Like I had to grow into my black girl magic. I had to stop living in the past. I had to let go of all these insecurities that used to just really weigh me down. I didn't dress and do certain things the way I wanted to a couple years ago because I was so in my head about my body and. Mm. I don't look the way I used to, and I don't look like this, and I don't look like that. And you know, when I was a kid, they would say this. And then I had to remember, like, girl, you was over 30 years old. You was a grown woman. You was an independent woman. You were an educated woman. Like, all those things you said, I had to, like, start telling myself these things. Mm. And then I started just being like, fuck it. I'm about to just do what the fuck I want to do. I'm about to just dress how I want to dress. And just, I started, like, doing different things with my hair and my face and my clothes. And then people started, like, responding to it. But I think a lot of it was because of my confidence and how I wore it. Mm-hmm. And so people responded to it really, like, a lot and then i started feeling better about it and taking like more and more and more and more and more risk and now honey i mean shit. i mean you're gonna get you a fur coat and an old nasty boot and a beat <laughs> face and you're gonna love it and you're gonna always get it <laughs> again and again no i just i just started like liking it and then i think once i started really having fun with it mm-hmm. that's when i was more motivated to be healthier and to try to like eat better. And then now I'm doing the vegan thing. And then I started working out and then I was more consistent working out. Now I'm seeing results. So now I love, I want to go work out more because I want to see more results. Like, And you know what it is, is because you started from a mental perspective first. Yeah. You can't, I think the opposite. And I've been known to do this. You start from, well, I need to fix need my to body fix my in body. order to be happy. That's why I didn't work before. Yeah. You have I to start from the other way around. Yeah. You have to start the other way around. You have to be happy mentally with where yeah. you're at. And then work towards improvement if that's gonna, you know. Now, honey, if that ain't black girl magic, I don't know what it is. Because being happy in this country, oh well, see, it's an act of resistance <laughs> every day. <laughs> and there it is. Every day I wake up and say, "You gonna be happy, girl." <laughs> you gonna be. Uh, you I, gonna I, be I feel like I did that the other day. I, at my job, I have to do like we have to do mindfulness and affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I had everybody in that first little mindfulness moment. I said because I needed it for myself. I said. Write down three things you are grateful for this morning. And if that, they was like, oh, this is a nice one. I said, I had to tell this to myself <laughs> in general. Because like, you got to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's that black, that black or magic. That's that black boy joy. Mm, there it is. All right, y'all. Those are our experiences with black girl magic and black boy joy. We'll be back to talk about some more black excellence. Um, <laughs> excellence. As we move on. I'm going to give a shout out because I'm not, I'm not still in that. That's a shout out to... Uh, Read and Kid Fury and Crystal. Oh, yes, of course. But <laughs> just so we're clear, we're doing Black Excellence for Black Joy Parade. <laughs> I don't know what y'all coming for. No, no, no. We not. <laughs> it ain't no me. All right, all right, y'all. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> and we're back. About the black joy. Hey, Beans. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back. We're back into it. So I'll just have a couple. I know you have some stuff you want to discuss. I have. No, uh, go ahead. I'm going to have to go first. I just, I'm going to go over just some stories that I found um, in the news um, of examples of like black joy, black girl magic um, that I thought we should all think about. We've heard, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on this year. Especially with our black entertainers, um, our black excellence. Um, we have Beyonce, who has become the most awarded Grammy recipient in history. Her story, actually. <laughs> My history is history. <laughs> we have um, Miss Viola Davis, um, EGOT, okay, EGOT winner. Um, <laughs> we what? have the EGOT winner, and so you know we have a lot of stuff in entertainment. But some of the um, some people that we may not have heard of, are some stories of just people in you know regular society that are doing amazing things. We want to highlight them also um, here. So we have for me, 
out of Dayton. Um, we have our girls Paige Scott and Tiffany Edwards Kenyon are the owners of Boutique 143. And they have um, developed a boutique with fashions for plus size girls. Okay. Um, yes, child. They said, um, we decided we wanted to provide plus size women with the same wealth of options oh, available to other body types. So we started our own business in 2019. We wanted to provide plus size women with affordable, quality, and trendy plus size clothing. Um, if the fashion industry doesn't want to provide plus size women with a lot of options, we will. We have done the hard work to find the looks that we will deserve to wear, no matter the size. Um, and they're doing well. I love that. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? So they're doing um, pretty well, a small-owned business in Dayton County. So look them up. Um, Tiffany, Paige Scott, and Tiffany Edwards, Kenyon, um, for Boutique 143. And we want to support them. And they, here they are, being just a little Happy? picture of yeah. them. Yeah. <clears throat> I love this. Is it amazing? And I think that's just so important because no, they look so cute. They do. They look. They look real they cute. Look she has some cute. really cute glasses. In yeah, this I, was, I, was like, <laughs> I was gonna say, I like the glasses. And I'm just saying, like that is so important. Like I'm glad that they're catering to that market. This is something that I think it's hard to find, even for you know plus size black men. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> we have to go through like very specific brands um, to find clothing that is fashionable. And I think I hate that they get in. The fashion industry gets caught in the trap of like, okay, you're plus size, so you know, all we gonna give you is plaids, or all we gonna give you is these like dead ass colors and you know some carpenter jeans. Like we want to be fashionable too, <laughs> and for those of us that have plus size bodies. And so, yeah, so I want to shout out them for being two women who are presenting Black Girl Magic um, with their brand, one four three. <laughs> Come on, one, four, three. <laughs> All right. And so mine is just a couple Black History Month facts. Come on, facts. So here are some five fascinating facts about Black History Month that you may not have known or that you may have known. I feel like some of us knew that it started as a week. You mm -hmm. know that? I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. So it started as a week. Um, and Carter G. Woodson and a minister founded what was known as the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. Um, and that organization established Negro History Week week in 1926, which I did not know that it went back that far. I didn't either. Um, so yeah, it was established in 1926, and it was supposed to inspire schools and communities to organize local celebrations and host performances and lectures. Mm. So that was the origins of um, Negro History Week. And so um, Carter G. Woodson, as a lot of you guys know, he was really, really instrumental in lobbying to establish Negro History Week because um, he wanted to encourage the study of African-American history in this country. He dedicated his whole career to this. He wrote a lot of books on it. His most famous book, of course, being The Miseducation of the Negro. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, he chose February for a reason. Um, they chose the second week of February because they wanted it to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Mm. You know what I did know that too? I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people yeah. Get all in their feelings thinking, oh, they gave why us the shortest February? month so of the year. That's why I brought this up because yeah. everybody always says, why is it February? It's the shortest month of the year. The white man trying to slide us. Um, that wasn't the case. <laughs> it was chosen for a reason um, because they wanted to celebrate Abraham Lincoln and Freddie Douglas. Um, Abraham Lincoln, questionable. Freddie Douglas, we understand. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the week became a month um, in the 60s. Um, and night, um, they, they spent a lot of time the civil rights movement um and a lot of like civil rights leaders really went out their way to like try to make it more of a month they wanted it to become like a month they wanted it to become more prominent but it didn't become official until 1976 when president gerald ford made it official um and proclaimed february to be black history month and i also want to put in a little known fact that um one of the people who was one of the celebrities very instrumental in getting MLK Day to be a federal holiday, as well as Black History Month becoming a month, was James Brown, who is mm. one of the most sampled artists in modern history. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Um, and so he was one of he was really cool with um, a lot of like congressmen and influential people because of his celebrity. Mm. And so I remember seeing a story uh, with um, Al Sharpton saying they were really trying to get. It's okay day to become a federal holiday. And so James Brown actually got in a plane and flew to the White House oh, to get wow. it done. 
And so apparently he did a lot of things like that, including um, working to get Black History Month um, to become a monk. So that's why he sweat did that to me. Honey, that's why he was sweating. He was coming that all that work. That's right, Mister Show, Mister Showbiz was doing it, doing <laughs> what he had to do. So I love it. we had a lot of um, black celebrities who would put a lot of their time, a lot of their money into like funding causes that were really important to black communities. Like I, I learned recently, um, this is another black history fact that Sidney um, Poitier and Harry Belafonte, who are two of the unsung heroes of the civil rights movement, um, not only did they lend their vocal support and their unceasing fundraising for the cause, um, but they also were a part of Freedom Summer in Mississippi in 1964. And so there was a financial cost, of course, to support this, right? Because mm. every organization, people always forget about that part of it. Like, you got to pay for bills, you got to pay for money. You know, there's a lot of fundraising that goes into it yeah. to support these people. Um, and so a leader of the SNCC, he called Henry Belafonte, um, Harry Belafonte for help. He said, we got a crisis, um, we need help. They needed $50,000 and they needed it right away. Um, and it is not easy to get money um, at that time into the South, right? Because it's not like you could just wire the money. Somebody had to go down there and deliver that money. Mm -hmm. um, and you also have to remember too, that this is the, during the Freedom Summer, um, Freedom Riders being pulled off the buses and being beaten. Mm -hmm. You know, people, um, several white people had actually been killed by um, clan members and things like that down South. So this was not an easy thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, and, and you're Harry Belafonte at City Point, you're arguably two of the most um, famous black men in the country yeah, at that yeah, point. Definitely. So you ain't just riding the yeah. Like unnoticed. Um, and so Belafonte um, personally donated much of the money. He organized a quick fundraiser and raised $70,000. Mm. And then, but the scary part was that they had to figure out how to transport money into the heart of essentially what is occupied territory. It mm. was surrounded by the Klan and by the police. So they had to figure out how to get this money into this city, like, and not be, not be attacked. Course, attacked, yeah. attacked yeah. right? Um, and wiring any amount of money to a black person down south was suicide. You couldn't wire that kind of money. So what they did was they flew from Newark to Jackson, Mississippi, where they met the person and they delivered the money personally to Greenwood, Mississippi. Oh, wow. And so somehow like these other clan, other groups found out about it. And so they had to like leave the car, they had to like leave the airport in some random car, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they had to like keep it like under 40 miles an hour because they didn't want to like attract um, highway patrol. They- Try to sound like a little Well, it was crazy because they, the police knew. So mm -hmm. they had to like be super careful so that they weren't pulled over because they were afraid if they got pulled over, it would give them an excuse to like beat the shit out of the Right. Yeah. Um, and so- <laughs> Sounds familiar. While they were driving, their car was attacked by a pickup that had these like things attached to the grill. And so the car, they slammed into, like the truck was slamming into the car, trying to force the car off the road. Um, this went on for miles. And then eventually um, the SNC got, this is why community is so important. Other members of the SNCC, they brought their cars and they formed like a protective convoy around their mm, car wow. so that they could get it get there safely and then um they said they were like terrified they they were like shots were fired at the cars but somehow they were never like it. hit and the caravan survived it and then they eventually got to the place in greenwood and then like they said when they got there people like broke out in song and were crying and cheering Aww. because it was like this amazing thing so um they, you know, Belafonte later talked about it later, of course, in life. And he talked about, he was like, to have two of the biggest black stars in the world walk in to show solidarity with them, it meant a lot of them, to them and it meant a lot to us. And so it was just one of those things. It's one of those things that it's a story that I know some people knew about it because I know he talked about it later in life, but he didn't really talk about it when he was younger. Mm -hmm. And People knew about that they had went down there and delivered the money, but I don't think people really realized that they put their lives on the line. They put their right. safety and their freedom on the line, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if one of them bullets hit them? Or what mm. if the car went off the road and killed them? Like, yeah. anything could have happened. And so it's just amazing that we have celebrities who are willing to do that. You know, I can't imagine a celebrity doing that right now. I was going to say- I'm I, not saying they won't, but no, it's hard to imagine. Not this and level I, of activism. And, and that level of fame, mm -hmm. right? Because that would be essentially like, 
Denzel, Denzel Washington, Washington or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Will or Smith like or Will Smith, yeah, like driving into the heart of Klan culture. Now, I'm not saying these men would do it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that is, in like, insane, right? And, like, this is what our black celebrities did. Like, Aretha Franklin and used to, like, host fundraisers to, like, and she would donate, like, huge sums of money to, like, um, secretly bailout protesters that were arrested during civil rights movements and things like that. And these are a lot of things that we don't know about our, like, black celebrities because it just isn't, you know, they didn't, either they didn't, like, talk about it, they did it, like, they just did it, you know, they didn't talk about it, or it's been kept from us. Or either way, yeah, they just, and at that time, I feel like it was more of like expectation yeah. you know you you like once you, you achieve the level, you, of success, level of success you that you have a duty it. to yeah to yeah. you and i feel like we've lost that along the way I but i feel like and I, but i feel like also our but that's why i think it's important for our black stars and our black celebrities that do mm-hmm. participate in activism to speak out, to speak out and and participate yeah. i think even to not as such a dangerous level but you have people like lebron james mm-hmm. you have these people out here who are doing shit and it proves that we've always been a part of activism, even when we reach celebrity, right? Yeah. It's, it's not just like shut up and shut up and dribble play, or like, go, yeah. yeah, we have a duty once we reach that level mm-hmm. to acknowledge the disparities that go on in our, in our community. And I think that is one of the issues that I've had with Michael Jordan. And, and many others and many too. others not, but not, i feel like but, him but for for me in particular that's why I he mean, was like the biggest thing you the were world. the biggest thing at the time yeah. and there was a lot you he does stuff now mm-hmm. right but there so was he could have did when he was at the height of his fame that he didn't do and i understand at the time you know you're a celebrity mm-hmm. you're kind of scared to lose those endorsements you know do and do certain things but i think on the flip side of the coin now you have to kind of take on the chin how history is going to look at you I think we for not doing certain things. I think or not we have a lot of that going on right now um, from we, some of our biggest stars in the NBA currently, okay, um, yeah. and not just NBA, the NFL as well. I think a prime example of that would be what we saw happen with Colin Kaepernick. That man was putting it on the line, mm-hmm. and I think that there was a there was a moment with that protest where the NFL is over seventy percent black, mm. African American, right? Yeah, there was a moment where that protest could have sparked some huge, huge, huge fundamental changes, mm-hmm. right? But he can't do it alone. And it can't just be him and three other people, right? Yeah. He had like two or three other people on his side. But the vast majority of other players and largely other African-American players and Black players were the most vocal critics of him. Mm. And I think to me, that is where we see the breakdown of how things are different compared to the 60s and the 70s. Mm. There's, when that situation happened at the Olympics with John Carlos and the other brothers Mm. who were out there and they, you know, other black athletes stood with them in solidarity. Other black athletes, they did not disparage them. They were kind of like, they were very brave. That was their like, and there were some who was like, them niggas crazy. But for the most part, most black athletes and other most, most black celebrities, they really like, applauded that and they reassured them that they were doing the right thing and I think that that was the opposite of what happened with Colin Kaepernick Mm -hmm. and I think that that was by design I think that we have been over time we have grown into a community that is very individualistic based instead of community based and Mm -hmm. that is by design and I think that is why certain things like that won't happen again in our lifetime like there was an opportunity the entire league could have said no we ain't playing we taking a stand y'all are isolating this man this black man who is trying to take a stand for injustice y'all have completely hijacked his message you have completely warped his message you have made this a situation of hate and, and sold this division that it's this issue with the flag and the truth but now we're having nothing to do with what we're talking about they had an opportunity to stand with him and say we gonna make a stand here and they actively chose not to and they actively ridiculed and punished effectively this man by ending his career early and anybody who tried to go with him got Mm. pushed out as well and i think we saw that in the nba as well um i saw some players put on the i can't breathe t-shirts 
I saw some players where they didn't play the one game and I know they talked about how President Obama told them they should play the next game and they came to an understanding. And I think that was a mistake. And I think that's one of the few missteps that some of our mm-hmm. athletes have had. I ain't calling anybody now. But if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Y'all had a chance. There was a moment in time you had the entire world on your side. You had the entire world paying attention to you. And y'all said, we're not playing this game tonight. This black man was killed. This black man was murdered. We we saw it. We watched it. He's not going to get justice. We're not playing a damn game tonight. This is what the focus needs to be on. And I think the biggest mistake was playing that game the next day. Mm. I think they should have said no. We said what the fuck we said. We're not playing again. opportunity to do something really like like something like this right something profound they had an opportunity they had everybody's attention you had everybody's attention and i think that this is why this is how you hit people where it hurts this is why boycotts work Mm -hmm. right because you hit the pockets yeah and i think had they really been like we ain't playing no fucking game this is serious this is more important i don't care about no damn basketball game i care about these lives i care about injustice had they really done that and really taken it serious and really capitalized and seized that moment and really decided that this was more important than a game i think that real change could have happened i think that real things could have happened and it didn't and i think that we saw i think that the people who were watching and hoping for that change got defeated in that moment mm-hmm. i think people were yeah, like, think that caused the fizzle like a yeah i think because we saw it like people were like well all right well that's that right you know back to regular regularly scheduled programming and then nothing changed mm-hmm. whereas these type of situations shit was getting done right. right like people were people were doing things niggas was getting snatched off buses and getting their asses beat nobody we ain't even asking y'all to do that we're not asking y'all to walk out there and face down the clan. Like, I think it's so crazy when I see people say, like, I'm not my ancestors. You not. We can't get you to turn off a goddamn TV show. We can't get you to not go to a game where motherfuckers called y'all porch monkeys, where they called y'all slaves. We cannot get you to not watch a fucking football game. You're not your ancestors. Your ancestors was walking in wool suits. And hard bottoms. Not the wool suits. <laughs> and they was getting their asses beat at the but end. I think it's just that fear of also like the repercussions of that. They're so fearful now of but, like, but well, this could be the end of my career. This could be the end of. But it's not the end of your career, though. You have to think about these people who we're talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. basketball game, the game, the players in the game. Mm-hmm. It was like LeBron James. That ain't the end of your career. Yeah, I don't mean that. Well, that's that's why somebody of his level can do that's it. That's why he can. Do, but this but, is why Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte can do it. But like a low level actor could not. Mm-hmm. That's my point. It has to be somebody of a higher caliber. Otherwise, it ain't gonna work. It right. can't just be some, you know, no shade, some G League basketball player. And like you said, it can't be by your. It can't be, it can't by, be by yourself. yourself. Which the entire college. WNBA, they took a stand. But they don't have the influence. Yeah, they don't have of the a Kyrie Irving or a LeBron James or a Dame Lillard or a Russell Westbrook, and that's not to put it on them. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot more flexibility. It's like why Beyonce can make the music that she wants to make because she's fucking Beyonce. What you gonna say? Mm-hmm. She gonna do what she want to do, and you gonna buy them tickets like I bought mine because I'm in formation. <laughs> like, but she can do that, right? Yeah. Because she's Beyonce. She can. She can. Go to the well, Super Bowl and, and make a statement. And like I was about that. to say, that's what happened. Like, on that same note, the Dixie Chicks mm-hmm. tried to make a stand. And, and look what happened. And look what happened. They damn near got uh, ostracized and blacklisted from there. They did. They, well, they did. And but so, that's because they stood alone, though. And they, and they also, didn't have, but they don't have the caliber to stand And they didn't have the caliber to do that either. Now, had Dolly Parton done that, niggas would have shut the fuck up. They would have been mad. <laughs> but you was, but you ain't going to do that to Dolly Parton. Yeah. Because she's Dolly Parton. Like, 
And I think that's what I'm Which is why about. I think that that's my issue with Jordan. Yeah. In his heyday. Yeah, he could have done that. Right. But he chose not to. Mm-hmm. But you also got to think about it too, though. Who was going to stand with him? At the, yeah. There was an athlete, I cannot remember this man's name, that's going to drive me crazy in the, if I gave on it. There was an athlete in the back in the day in the 90s who did this. He was very, he did something great. He took a stand. He was Muslim. He, God, what is that man's name? He played basketball. Just say. And he, he changed his name. He was he went Muslim. He wasn't standing on the national anthem. I can never remember his name. It was like something like that. And he was Muslim and he was not standing for the national anthem. And he was talking hard nose. I ain't doing it. I ain't fucking with it. And you know what they did? Booted that nigga out the league. And they That's blacklisted yeah. him and they ostracized him. So I can see why other players were they made an example out of him. So mm-hmm. they damn Colin Kaepernick. Just like they have been doing to black people throughout history. They make an example out of you. They did it to John Carlos and them. They made an example out of them. They wouldn't go on back to the Olympics. They mm-hmm. didn't get no endorsement. They tried to strip them of their medals for that shit. But the black community has to rally around them. Just like this story we just talked about. Them people wouldn't have made it and they wouldn't have delivered that money if other black folks didn't support. They, yeah. they came and they drove their cars and they put their own bodies on the line. Because mm-hmm. they knew that this money was necessary. This money was a lifeline to them. They had to get this money here. So they put themselves on the line to do it. And I think that we've lost that. We've lost that. The first thing we say was, the first thing people say was, I ain't putting myself out there. I ain't about to lose my job. I ain't about to. I think so that, you, yeah, that's been that's my issue is. since, like, we've lost a lot of that. that Yeah, that community. Community we had during the civil rights struggle, that yeah. height of the civil we rights struggle. We had nothing to lose. It's very, it's very individual, individualistic in yeah. our community now. It's like, as long as I can strive and get to as the long top, as I'm good, well, who cares? you know, who cares about the next person until yeah. it comes down and affects you personally. I mean, that's why we have black billionaires right now, right? There's a reason why, you know, we got these black billionaires and they keep throwing them in our face and throwing them in our face and throwing them in our face. They're trying to let y'all know, if you play the game, then this can be you. But, but then we also have people... But then we also have people mm-hmm. like Kanye West who thought they were on that level, and then you see what happens when they when they play the game at a certain level, mm-hmm. and then they they get. But he did not. When he played the game, he didn't lose his billionaire status with respect to black folks. That's what I'm saying. Because, yeah. But that's my point because we did not come together and hold him accountable. We made him a billionaire, not them. We made him cool. We bought his his shoes. We made him Kanye West. If Kanye West was just Kanye West and only white kids liked him, he wouldn't have been Kanye West. He was Kanye West because black people loved him because we made him cool. We built him up into Kanye West and then he was able to achieve billionaire status. And he returned that by shitting on us. Which is where why he ended up where he is now. And we continue to support him though. That is true. We did not we turn, nobody turned on him. We continue to support him. A great deal of us were like, we ain't fucking on no more. But we are not the No, but I still see people control. running around in the Yeezys and talking about I'm still going to listen to the music. Him. We continue so. to enable him. We continue to let, let his influence control what we do. Because it's not like back in the day. You could not have said that type of shit back in the day and got away with it. Because, like I said, black folks back in the day, we had nothing to lose. We had nothing. We were trying to, like, get to the table we i have feel like there was more to, yeah. community accountability now, for your yeah. actions yeah you have a community because if we all trying to get to the table we all got something to live for we all and we already getting our asses beating shit by the cops and police anyway you might as well go out there and get your ass beat for something relevant for some justice right you gonna get your ass beat walking down the street anyway you might as well get your ass beat for something you know something that makes sense but now they let a few niggas win and then like the Jordans and the Kanye's and the LeBron's and you know the Beyonce's and the Rihanna's or whatever. And now we see this and we're like, well, I'm trying to get to their level. I can't risk. Yeah. I can't piss these people off because how I'm gonna get to their level if I piss these people off. Why folks don't do that? They sure don't. No, they they gonna do what they gotta do and they gonna and they gonna, they go, they gonna get level. to that level and get whatever. And they're gonna look at you and be like, mm, sucks to be you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are some Black History. That was a little Black History Month facts. I love that story. story. I love that story about Helen yeah, Perry Belafonte and Cindy Portia. Yeah, I, I had never heard of that I had either. never heard that story, and I thought that was an amazing story to And as well, since on. you spoke on Kaepernick, he was also uh, one of my Black Boy Joy of notorieties. Because this year, this is an old story from May, 
but um, Colin was honored with the honorary degree at your at my old school, Morgan State University. That's right. Yes, he was. Um, former in a, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick is said to be awarded has already been awarded actually from this whole story mm-hmm. an honorary degree from Morgan. Uh, historically black college said Kaepernick will receive a degrees honoring vanguards of social justice and African-American experience along with the acclaimed filmmaker David E. Talbert and advocate David Burton who are both alumni of the university so we want to acknowledge that Colin and his work um, has earned him an honorary degree at Morgan State University and we love it and we love it and the Know Your Rights camp is still going strong. The Know Your Rights campaign is still going strong. So while they tried to shut the brother down, he is still pushing through and exhibiting black boy joy. And that's what I love. He, he kept pushing. He okay. kept right on pushing through. He didn't listen to some people when they said the we were beyond protesting. I also want to acknowledge the black philanthropist Robert F. Smith okay, Robert of the Smith. Chopra Foundation. And he's launching a mental wellness initiative for black youth. Okay. Um, arming black youth with the tools to understand their mental and emotional needs. We're setting them on the path to success is what she said. Come so, on path to success. Um, yes. He is from projects designed to foster equity within the STEM education and space initiatives. So uh, the sciences, courtesy of financial literacy, businessman and philanthropist Robert F. Smith has been at the forefront of transformation efforts aimed at uplifting and empowering the black community. For his latest project, he's teaming up with the Chopra Foundation for a partnership centered on ensuring Black health services are accessible to Black youth. So let's honor Robert F. Smith. Let's also honor a Bay Area native, Ryan Coogler. Yes, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) On the success of his sequel, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yes. Um, They they were super successful despite all of y'all trying to hate on them. Um, it is one of only three movies in 2022 to gross over 400 million. Wow. Um, and it also had a five week run on top of the um, domestic box office. And it was the first MCU entry since the first Black Panther to achieve that feat. Wow. So, congratulations to him. He also um, has made a global total of close to $900 million, excluding China. Um, so they haven't counted the China box box office. I'm not sure if they are releasing China or not, but um, so they did some amazing, amazing, amazing things, and yeah. And also that movie. Um, let's not forget Angela Bassett earned an Academy yes, Award nomination and she for is the role. first Marvel. Actually, is the first mm-hmm. actor in the Marvel MCU universe to earn an Academy Award nomination. That is also a huge deal. Mm. More black, more black uh-huh. girl magic. Come on now, Angela. Sit in it. She was Sit amazing in, in that. I'm still upset that Woman King didn't get nominated for I anything. I am too. But... The Woman King didn't get nominated, but that's okay. That is okay. That movie was too black. It was too black for the Academy. It was. But we also gonna shout out our girl Danielle Deadweiler, who also was nominated, I believe, um, for Till. I don't know if she received an Academy She did not award. receive an Academy. She was snubbed for Academy Award, yeah. but that is okay. That is all right. It is. We are. She was nominated for other awards and she's done amazing work. (laughs) We will still acknowledge her black girl. I I think you're paying. I think they're all nominated for NAACP. They did get NAACP awards. I believe she was nominated for BAFTA as well. BAFTA? Yeah. It's a shame that BAFTA is nominating our actors, our black actors, before here in America. It doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense. Well, it doesn't make perfect (laughs) sense. not get on that subject but yeah so those are some of our honorees um i knew when we came another reason i knew wasn't getting nominated when she walked in that town and they had killed her girl and she said burn everything to the ground yeah. Once I heard leave nothing ground, standing i said, I said oh, oh there I said, it is oh, this, this is it <laughs> <laughs> i said they out here shooting white people they, they shoot lightning y'all they went in the war mm. when i watched the movie i said a happy ending mm. uh, mm. free slaves you won't win it. <laughs> <laughs> I said that was the kiss of death for you, girl. Great movie, though. Make it's sure great movie. I'm, it's I'm now streaming on Netflix. It's now streaming on Netflix. And it's in their top 10. Mm. So and there it is. Enjoy that. Choke on that, Oscars. Oh, not choke on it. Gotta hold my sister down. The EGOT. <laughs> um, we also have our. Davis, the EGOT. Let's also give a quick shout out to my good girl, the good sis, Viola EGOT Davis, um, for being the last one standing. In the DC um, universe, they came in and they completely cleaned house. They, did they? Yes, they did, honey. They canceled the Superman movie, the Batgirl movie. Um, they when I tell you they cleaned house, child, they cleaned 
house. They fired in their everybody. Except Myola Egon Davis, <laughs> who will continue in her role as Amanda Waller, and she will continue in the DC universe. They canceled Wonder Woman, Superman. What? Honey, they canceled everything, but not oh. our girl. I know that's right. So, and this is this is just another example that she could succeed at any age because she didn't start getting all her accolades till well into what her fifties. And so, she also has another movie coming out. Um, about we just talked all that crap about Michael Jordan, but mm-hmm. he, she's coming out with yeah, a movie called the mom. "The Mom" of Michael Jordan, yeah. and the new Air movie based on the yeah. the um, creation of the Air Jordans yeah. with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and she's gonna be the mother of Michael Jordan in that movie, I think. So Sister Jordan. Sister Jordan. So I'm loving Keep an her. eye out for Egot. Egot. Egot and oh she had to make a comeback after them lips and um <laughs> Don't you do her like that. <laughs> Don't you do her like them, that. The, them she lip movements that she made. She did a great job. Them lip movements she I'm made going, in I'm first lady. Director. I'm blaming the director. Director You better blame her. somebody because them lips was Michelle was pissed. Okay. Well, I know she was heated somewhere. Well she brought it back. Lip. Don't do my girl. She did bring it back though. I'm just messing um, and one other story that I have here is because we told you the gays were coming, okay? Um, black queer authors net seven-figure book deal. Okay, oh, two leading, okay. two leading young adult authors have a seven-figure deal to write a pair of novels centered on black queer characters. FSG Books for Young Readers and Imprint. Uh, Macmillan Children's Publishing Group announced February 15th that George M. Johnson and Leah Johnson, no relation, will write two romantic comedies starting in 2025 with There's Always Next Year, that's one of them. The story is set around New Year's Day and tales of two cousins looking to get their lives romantic and otherwise back in order. Come on now. There is an African proverb that states, if you want to go fast, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That is what the collaboration experience has been with Leah Johnson. As a black queer people, we are much more powerful when we combine our writing creativity and our world as authors together. That's from George M. Johnson said in the statement. And if the book is half as fun to read as it was to write, um, then brace yourself, Leah said. As books about queer folks continue to continue to face bannings and challenges across the country, Writing a book that's rooted in joy about the way we live, love, and feel one another is like liberatory, is like a liberatory act. So there it is. is. So we want to celebrate those two authors. I also have one Seven figures. Ooh, okay. Go ahead. Because you know, we always got to throw in, you know, our people from being across the queer identity. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are going to also just throw out a quick celebratory Note mention of another black girl magic, the great Jackie Shane. Um, mm. If you do not know Jackie Shane, um, she her the date of her passing was recently. It was February twenty first. She passed in twenty nineteen. Um, Shane was a black transgender soul rhythm and blues singer. Mm. She was very very well known on the local music scene in um, Toronto and Ontario, Canada, in the nineteen sixties. Mm. She is um acknowledged as one of the biggest contributors to the Toronto sound and is best known for her single Any Other Way, which was a top 10 hit in Toronto in 1962. Right. Um, She's originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, She moved up north um, trying to escape the Jim Crow South, who didn't. Um, And she said she just felt the need to feel free. So she moved to Ontario, Canada, um, where she um, was performing with a popular saxophonist at the time. Mm-hmm. And then that's how she kind of got into her sound. And she came back and forth to the United States on tour with Motley Crue, the Motley Crue, not Motley Crue, the band, not the rock band, Okay, the Motley Crue um, from the 60s. Um, and so she made her like success um, doing covers of singles, like R&B oh. singles hmm. back in the day. And so she actually studied under um, Little Richard and the Upsetters. And she shared, <laughs> yes, Little Richard. Because you know, where, where else she don't study? Um, and she shared stages with Etta James, Jackie Wilson, and the Impressions, and a lot of other R&B and soul icons. So mm. I wanted to just take that moment to uplift a trans sister who made some amazing strides in black music in Canada. Yes, let's celebrate our trans, let's celebrate our trans brothers and sisters. Very, very important to acknowledge their contributions to society. That's right. 
All right, y'all. So that was a little bit um, of our black boy, Matt, uh, black girl magic, black boy joy. Um, you get it right, you get it right. <laughs> our black girl magic, black boy joy um, episode in honoring the upcoming Black Joy Parade um, this weekend in Oakland, California. Show up, show out, have fun if you can. Um, any final thoughts? Beans? No, just um, take some time and just enjoy yourself. I keep thinking you about to say enjoy the view. Like, don't steal that. We're really going to get copywritten. Enjoy the view. That's their that's their that's their theme on the view. Take a little time to enjoy the view. Oh, baby, I. I, you. That's why I know you. you I'm just making sure you're not stealing no copyrighted shit. You in okay. Whoopi gonna be on our asses. That's I not. I have not watched the view in at least two I don't want no shit so I don't know what from Whoopi. About. She be going. I was going to say, take some time and enjoy your enjoy your day. Okay. Um, and, and mm, to that's kind of close. It's close. Right? <laughs> uh, let me switch it up. I don't want to talk. And you know just. Take some time and just, you know. You're still going to get the same phrase. No, I'm not. I would say take some time and just enjoy your surroundings. <laughs> okay. Okay, y'all. And that's a part of Black Girl Magic, too. It is. It is. All right, y'all. Um, you guys are actually going to get a bonus segment on this episode. Okay. Because we had originally filmed a, I mean, originally <laughs> taped a, a, episode for valentine's day that didn't that you know we had some issues with all of that recording but we were able to salvage some of it so we're going to end uh input that um icebreaker segment at the end of this episode so we hope you guys enjoyed that yep. segment as well as you've enjoyed this episode yeah our theme was black love and so we thought that that would go really well with black joy so yes enjoy, enjoy that um, you can follow us on our Instagram, uh, break underscore down underscore pod, also on Twitter. And you can write into the show at yourbreakdownpodcast at gmail.com with any comments about this show or any other shows. We hope you guys have a good week. Enjoy the end of Black History Month and celebrate your Black joy out there. All right, y'all? All right. Bye. And we're back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, oh, okay. <laughs> Yes, yes. I know y'all missed up. it. I know you missed it. I know you missed it. Welcome back Welcome to another back. episode of the Breakdown Podcast. Meow. My name is Eric B. I'm Beans. And yeah, we're back, y'all. Um, we took a little bit of a breaky break. A little hiatus. A little hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> never hurt nobody. Never hurt nobody, child. We went on a little trip. Me and Beans took a trip together. Ooh, it was really nice too. It needed. Okay. It much needed for our girl KK birthday. Went to New York and it was fun. So yeah, we had a really good time. Had a really good time. So that was why we were gone. And then, child, you know, it's hard to get back into the swing of things. I'm back on vacation because I need a break. Okay. Uh, I had to. I'm back. Just I'm back last week, Chad. <laughs> that part. <laughs> All right. But we're happy to be back with you guys today and starting the show back up. And we're in Black History Month. That's uh, right. In the Black History Month of February. All right. Also, um, Valentine's Day <laughs> is right around the corner. Beans, how you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling very black. Oh. I'm black. Ooh. Light skin, dark skin, <laughs> <laughs> beige. My age. Sway, you see. <laughs> I've heard the blackest motherfucker in this video. Word to my girl B, the Grammy winner, the that part, most, the most awarded Grammy, you know, per, Grammy recipient in the girl, history. The doll. So yeah, you know, in honor of my girl. No, I'm feeling really great. I'm feeling wonderful. I'm feeling. Um excited. I love Black History Month because they always do an event at one of my jobs. So that's always fun to be a part of. And I'm excited because I love Valentine's Day. I love Love Day. So I'm very happy. February is always a good month for me. Oh, that's cute. Like yeah. this is my first Valentine's Day with a husband. I'm definitely feeling not the pressure for it to be special, but I'm like happy that Yeah. It's kind of that idea of having a committed Valentine now. Yeah, you every have to be like, year. do I have a Valentine? Yeah, do I don't don't I do I want one? No, yeah, that's oh that's but, so sweet. You don't have yeah. to think about that. Mm-hmm. 
our first Valentine's Day as a married couple. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so we have a little plan. So we're going to go see uh, Ari Linux, actually. Oh. Um, that nice. <laughs> I couldn't get a damn ticket. We tried to buy me and me and KK tried to buy tickets several times, and we got shut down every time. So you know, I guess I just ain't going to no concerts this year. Child, my, you know, come on, my husband be on it, okay? So like, he was on tickets it. hella she early. Was on it literally the minute it went on sale, and it sold out mm. in one minute. Uh, damn. Yeah, like she was already on the like I she was on the site, and then I guess like a minute later she was like, "Yeah, girl, sold out." That don't make no damn. And sense. then they opened a the second show. And we're like, oh, great, we can see the second show. And she was like, oh, it's all out. I think that's the tickets we got. I'm yeah, and I was like, well, just fuck us. That's fine. So, mm. what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see my girl, Ari. I was sad to say that. But what you gonna do? I'll take videos for you. Please do. So you can see. Please, thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be a free-form episode. We're not gonna get too deep into, like, impactful issues and all that. But, um... We're going to focus on the love and the valutanion. Yeah, this is our love episode. We're loving love and we're going to talk about all types of love and different forms of love. And yeah, hopefully this episode will leave you feeling loved. Mm. So I do have an um, icebreaker question, of actually, for the Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's icebreaker question is, what are your love languages? And Ooh, good question. not only love languages that you expect from other people, but love languages towards yourself. Because sometimes I think that I feel like that can be different. Okay. okay. So like what? So for the second part, like love languages that I practice with myself. Yes. Okay. So my love languages for relationships in general, um, I would say, are gifts and acts of service. Um, mm-hmm. I like words of affirmation, but I don't need it. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, okay, that's enough. Um, I am really big on gifts and gift giving. I love to give gifts, as you know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I knew give, that was going to be one of them. I, I, I like giving gifts. It's like something I enjoy doing. It's fun for me to like think of things people might like and buy them. And so I like that in return. I like it a lot, actually. Sometimes, though, I have to catch myself because then I get upset with people don't. And then I have to remind myself, like, mm. that's not everybody's love language. Mm. Like, so um, I love giving gifts and I love receiving gifts, especially when it's something where it's like, oh, I just thought that you would like this. Mm. Something like that. Because it helps, it makes me feel like, oh, you were thinking about me. Yeah. So, yeah, I love gift giving and receiving gifts. And I like acts of service because... As my friends know, it's something I like. It's also something I like to do with my friends. I like to like plan stuff and host things and decorate and. Because honey, we sit here in a Valentine. <laughs> in the moment we are sitting in a Valentine's fiesta, girl, it's balloons and streamers and all kind of stuff. I don't know what to do. It's just a lot. Happening. But, but okay. like for me, it's like that's something I enjoy to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I like that from other people as well. Like I like acts of service. I like when people do things for me and it doesn't always have to be necessarily like buying me things like something that I really enjoy that my significant other does a lot is they will clean up for me because Mm. I get overwhelmed sometimes and I get frustrated and I'm like very obsessive about cleaning my space and I think he realizes that I don't function as well when my space is messy so I'll come home from work and he'll like have cleaned up Mm. or he'll like oh yeah I took the dog I walked the dog for you like as soon as I get up I'm like, oh, I gotta walk the dog. And he'll be like, oh no, you can sleep for a little bit longer because I walk the dog for you. Like things like that, I really, really, really appreciate. So yeah, I'm big on acts of service and gifts. Probably those are my two love languages. I love that. And yeah. then we'll get into your personal ones yeah. after I tell you mine. Yeah. So for me, mines are also acts of service mm-hmm. and quality time. Oh, quality yeah, time. And I'm not a big gift person. Um, as far as receiving gifts, like mm-hmm. I'll take them in. But I also feel like sometimes I don't know how to react to getting them. <laughs> or I'm not giving people the energy. The reaction they that they expect. Yeah, because I get like a gift and I'm like, oh, oh he like, definitely does that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Like, you do, but not. I haven't experienced it in a negative yeah, way. Like yeah. I've, I've given you something, and you every time I've given you something, you'd be like, I get appreciative. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I I'm like always, it. I'm always appreciative of whatever gets. Anytime yeah. people go the other way to give me anything, I'm appreciative. But for me, it's like because I'm not like. Oh, I want to give. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh thank you. Like, yeah. I appreciate it. And I'll use it. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I got this. But it's not like, 
I'm not gonna be like, oh shit, yeah. like, woo, like <laughs> this I, is what I wanted. No, that's yeah, not that's yeah. not Eric's personality. That's not your personality. It's not right. Yeah, so I, like, I would be like, if you did that, I'd be like, all right, I'll be. I feel bad though, because I feel like sometimes people want that. Because really, if people go out of their way, like I really put all my effort into getting this for you. Yeah, they want their reaction. Damn, nigga, like I, you didn't give me nothing, (laughs) like no energy, and so I'm like, well, you know, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And then that don't mean don't don't give me nothing ever again, (laughs) but it does mean like I'm more of the type of person where I'm kind of like you, like I appreciate you doing stuff for me. Mm. If I come home and let's say. you decided to cook me dinner yeah or something or you decide like you said even clean up the house or just like thinking of the little things that i may not have thought of in the day i like that and i love quality time i like um and for me quality time is simple right like i don't need to be taken out on like some extravagant date every Mm -hmm. time or you know we're going out to the movies or whatever i could just sit at home and I could just watch TV. For me, that is quality time. Just yeah. you being in my presence, yeah. it's quality time. And I don't think a lot of people get that. Even sometimes my partner don't get that. Like, <laughs> even if we're just sitting on the couch and I'm like doing my thing, maybe you're doing work or like I'm reading a book or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to talk to you. You just want them in their space. I just want you in their space. You just like, like them. You just like it in the room. I just, <laughs> I just like it in the room. <laughs> That's a pose reference, y'all. <laughs> Those of us who have seen those will catch that. They'll be like, oh. But I think that's beautiful, though. Some, yeah. people, some people can't sit in space with people and be quiet. Yeah, my husband cannot. It's just a problem. My partner cannot. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's definitely like, oh, like, we have to be talking. Yeah, like, we have to I'm, engage I, with I, each other. And then if we're not talking, it's like, oh, what's the matter? Like, what's the problem? And I'm like, is nothing wrong? Like, I feel great. I'm yeah. fine. But it's like. I'm actually quite enjoying the silence. And yeah. then so they decide, some of them just like, oh, well, then I can start to leave or whatever. Or I'm like, you don't got to do that. Leave, like, yeah. I'm actually happy you're here. Aww. I just don't need to talk. But anyway, that being said, it can also be like going for a walk. So going for a hike. Like going, just, just going to like the lake and walking around the lake. Mm-hmm. All that is like stuff that I value. And I think it's because I didn't have that. Yeah. Um, For a lot of years, it was just like. So I value people taking the time and wanting me in their presence. I value that. Oh, I love that. So that is my...